some glad morning when this life is o'er, fly away. Good morning, everyone. I'm Craig, and I got Paul's mic. He'll be coming soon. Let's stand together, and we're going to sing, This is Amazing Grace. As soon as Paul comes back up here, we're going to sing it. Where's Paul? <laughs> I think he just went to get Jasper or something. Got to make sure Jasper's here, right? Oh, good. He's here. I was getting a little worried. Let's sing together. This is Amazing Grace. Who breaks the power of sin and darkness? Whose love is mighty, runs so much stronger. The King of glory, the King of Thank you. Please be seated. What a Savior we have. You know that God loves us, right? Yep. You know that God loves you, right? <clears throat> and God so loved the world, He sent His only begotten Son, Jesus Christ, to die on the cross, be buried, rise again on the third day, and ascend to heaven, conquering sin and death so that all that believe in Him may have eternal life. Amen. And become a part of the family of God and the body of Christ. And when we die, we get to go to heaven to be with him forever. Amen? Oh, I, I could go on, but Jasper's got to preach soon, so. All right. 
Um, and, 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 oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And, and we're probably going to have him do announcements because I forgot things are, you know, just like different today. So <laughs> some things vacation. are the same and some things are different. <laughs> okay. Good morning, everyone. Okay, just a quick announcement. One week left before our Vacation Bible School. We are asking your prayers and help promoting our VBS this year. And it's going to be on June 5th and 9th, 6 p.m. to 8 p.m. It's going to be, it's it's first time that we're going to do it uh, at night. So please pray and also help us promoting our VBS this year. And also, uh, church office will be closed tomorrow for the holiday. And we encourage you to uh, read our bulletin. Uh, as what Pastor says, everything is getting expensive, including that. So please read it. Okay? To our guests, if this is your first time, welcome to Tusa Mountain Baptist Church. And we hope you would enjoy worshiping with us today. And we encourage you to fill out our guest registration card. Shall we pray? Father, we thank you, Lord, for your goodness and faithfulness. Thank you for the presence of each one of us this morning. And thank you for bringing us together in your name to sing praises, to fellowship, to manifest the love of Christ, and to edify one another, and above all, to honor you as Lord and our Savior. Teach us your way, Lord, as we listen to your word. In Christ's precious name, amen. Amen. All right. We have a scripture, and our theme this morning is the power of the cross. And I chose 1 Corinthians Chapter 1, verse 18, for the word of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing, but to us who are being saved, it is what? The power of God. Amen. All right. Let's, uh, let's first take a moment before I forget, and again, keep singing, uh, to remember. This is Memorial Day, right? Well, Memorial Day weekend. Uh, we want to remember the blessing of this nation that we live in, the way God brought it into being, the way God has preserved it and um, protected it from uh, harm all over the century or the, you know, well, I guess over a century, right? Oh, quite, a, quite a long time. So hopefully longer. And uh, so we want to remember those who have given their lives, uh, not just uh, served, although we are so thankful for everyone who has served and who is now serving. Amen but also those who have actually, as they say, given the ultimate sacrifice, being willing to die for the freedom of the country and right in the world. So we're so thankful for that. Let me just lead us in a prayer. Father in heaven, we want to thank you for your mighty power in creating and preserving this nation, the morals and the truths that it was founded on, which were the basis of the truth of your word. And though this country and our leaders have... Um, began to stray further and further away from the truth of your word and, and the laws of the scriptures. We know that you are in control of all things, and we ask for your blessing on this country, our leaders, to guide this country in a way that honors you. And we remember with thanksgiving all those who have served and fought and died to preserve the freedom of this nation. May you be glorified in all you have done in it. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, let's sing together. The blood will never lose its power.
Amen. If you don't, then I encourage you to put your faith in Jesus Christ who shed his blood on the cross to pay the price for our sins. Amen. All right. Oh, yes. I, I asked my team to remind me to put up the second page of our special because not long ago, maybe of you were probably here when we were singing a special, I only had one of the two pages out, and I started singing it all over again. So that didn't work well. So we got both pages up. We're ready to go. We're going to sing a song for you in, in, with our theme, The Power of the Cross. Every bitter thought, every evil. 
Sorry, we're going to do the video first, then the kids, because they want to do it just before the sermon, and we want to make them happy, because we're just glad they're here, right? Okay, good. We are a nation under God, and I believe God intended for us to be free. We must realize that no arsenal or no weapon in the arsenals of the world is so formidable as the will and moral courage of free men and women. The price for this freedom at times has been high, but we have never been unwilling to pay that price. Those who say that we're in a time when there are no heroes, they just don't know where to look. The sloping hills of Arlington National Cemetery with its row upon row of simple white markers bearing crosses or stars of David their lives ended in places called Bellow Wood, the Argonne, Omaha Beach, Salerno, and halfway around the world on Guadalcanal, Tarawa, Porkchop Hill, the Chosin Reservoir, and in a hundred rice paddies and jungles of a place called Vietnam. They add up to only a tiny fraction of the price that has been paid for our freedom.
Everybody have your swords? Okay. You're in the Lord's army. Today we're going to sing a song to remind you that you're in the Lord's army. And then if I can take a liberty for just a moment, I'm going to ask if we could have someone pick up the flag and bring it so that when we're done, that we can pledge allegiance. Come on, Cameron. Come on, Tyler. You know this song, too. If you would. Okay, who's going to be my volunteer? Can you get the flag? Okay. I know Tyler can. Tyler, I'm, I'm going to put you to work. Would you pick up the flag from back there for me? You have to go down. All right. Sorry. All right. So I'm going to play my, my Bible, which is my sword. And you all have your swords. And if you don't have them, you're going to need to uh, just lay them up there for a minute. All right, now this is a song that we have done many times in the course of my life, and some of the kids are learning it. And if any of the kids that are out there know this song, I hope that you will. Just stand right there. Don't fall down. Come over this way, Cameron, so you can see. Okay, Lily's going to show us how to keep the motions going, but I think everybody else does it pretty well. All right, so uh, Lily. Attention, I may never march in the infantry, ride in the cavalry, shoot the artillery. I may never zoom or the enemy, but I'm in the Lord's army. Yes, sir. I'm in the Lord's army. Yes, sir. I'm in the Lord's army. Yes, sir. I may never march in the infantry, ride in the cavalry, shoot the artillery. I may never zoom or the enemy, but I'm in the Lord's army. Yes, sir. Now, if you would stand, please. Okay. Attention, salute, pledge. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands, one nation, under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. Thank you. Okay. Oh, you guys are going to go to the nursery. Well, not you guys. Afterwards, after history, after history. Good morning, everyone. Uh, back in the seminary, we were taught not to start the message with an apology, but I want to violate that. It's my first time, so I don't know where to start and where to end. So, in case. It's going to be a little bit longer compared than usual, so I apologize in advance. We're going to look at Genesis chapter 3, verse 1 to 6 this morning, and allow me to read verse number 6, and we're going to read the rest of the verses later. Genesis chapter 3, verse number 6, it says, 
And the woman saw that the tree was beautiful, that its fruit was good to eat, and that it would make her wise. So she took some of its fruit and ate it. She also gave some of the fruit to her husband, who was with her, and he ate it. Shall we pray? Father, we thank you, Lord, for this opportunity where we could ponder upon your words. Lord, we ask for the Holy Spirit to speak to us personally and give us a ready heart, Lord, to listen and to apply your word in our lives. In Christ's precious name, amen. This morning, I'll be sharing about conquering temptation and sin. You know what? People don't want to talk about sin. People don't want to talk about what's wrong with them. And people don't want change, especially the things that they enjoy, the things that they benefit, the things that makes their life comfortable, even though it is not pleasing, it's not glorifying in the eyes of God. Do you know that during Jesus' ministry here on earth, he talks more about hell than heaven. And before Jesus talked about hell, he talks about sin first and the consequence of it. It only shows that sin is dangerous and we need to take it seriously. One professor asked his student to define what is sin and its effect. One student answered, sin is like termites. They are small, but they could destroy your house. And the other student answered, sin is like cancer. If you neglect or ignore it, it will spread and shut down your body. And another student answered, sin is like deadly virus. Not only it is deadly, but also contagious. And the other one, sin is like a fire. It destroys everything it touches. My favorite one, Sin is like credit card. You enjoy first, you pay later, right? A lot of passages in the Bible that would tell us the effect of sin. It destroys relationship, family, friendship, marriage, career, character, trust, someone's future, even health. The Bible says that sin dries the bones. And above all, spirituality. As God's people, don't let temptation and sin ruin your life, your marriage, your friendship, your family, your career, your character, and above all, your relationship with God. Let us conquer temptation and sin by knowing how temptation and sin attack us. Before someone commits sin, there's what we call inward process or stages. It is not automatic. It is a process or stages, and with those and within those stages and process, we have a choice to say no and to stop it there. Through the word of God this morning, we will be able to be more aware of how temptation and sin attack us. Temptation is not sin. You have to remember that. But yielding to temptation is sin. Now, the stages of temptation and sin, according to this passage, number one, it says, the first stage is exposing ourselves to temptation to the tempting thoughts or tempting thoughts. It's suggestive, enticing, and tempting thoughts. It says verse number one, now the snake was the most clever of all the wild animals the Lord God had made. And one day the snake said to the woman, did God really say must not eat fruit from the, from the tree in the garden? 
there are several striking things in this passage about temptation in Eve. Number one, Eve was alone. She had gone off without her husband, Adam. You know what? If you are alone, the more you are prone to sin. Because human as we are, we think that nobody's watching us, right? Human as we are. But God is all-knowing. God is everywhere, right? That is why God encouraged us not to forsake the assembly. Uh, Miss Scott mentioned that yesterday. God wants us to get involved with the church. God wants us to surround ourselves with the people who love and fear God. Parents, if you want your kids to be safe, encourage them to get involved in the church, to be active in the church. Not only Eve was alone, but also Eve where she did not belong. It says there, she was standing by the forbidden tree. Eve was supposed to avoid that forbidden tree. Being there, Eve was exposing herself to temptation and sin. Brother and sister in Christ, let's be aware of places that promote sin. Last week, I went to one of the store at Spectrum, and I can mention the name, and they have this rainbows everywhere, and I thought it's just a normal design to attract the kids, but, but no. They're promoting something, it's, and it's all over the news, actually. They're promoting something. So let's be aware of places that promote sin. And third, Eve was apparently thinking about the tree and its delicious fruit. Eve was by the tree because she's been thinking about it. You know, brother and sister in Christ, if it is against to what the Bible says is right, Stop thinking about it. Because the more you think about it, the more you want to do it. Right? So stop thinking about it. And fourth, Eve was not keeping a watchful eye against temptation. It says there that she went there voluntarily, and probably she's not taking it seriously. Again, sin is dangerous. If you got to read Genesis to Revelation, it would tell you that it is a serious matter that people suffer because of sin. And what makes us say that he was thinking about this forbidden tree or fruit? If you're going to look at verse number one, it says there, ye indeed, Satan said. This, this first words strongly suggest that Eve was thinking about this tree. At the very moment while she was thinking about it, Satan attacked and continued her thoughts. And Satan misquote God's word. God had said that man could eat from every tree in the garden except one. God was good, extremely good. Man had everything he could ever want. All the fruit except one tree. All the trees would benefit man, and that one tree would destroy him. And we could see there, Satan questioned Eve. The thought was planted in Eve's mind, the tempting thought, that she was missing out on something, that the most delicious fruit was the very thing being forbidden. Now, this tempting thought could be from places that God doesn't want you to be there, places that promote sin, I've said. 
It could be from a habit that is not pleasing to God. Maybe a habit before you got saved. It could be from ideas or thinking that is contrary to what the Bible says is right. Or a thing that distract or interrupt us to listen to God. In every stage, we have a choice to say no or to stop it there. If we expose ourselves to temptation and sin and do nothing about it, it will lead to the second stage, and that is discussing the tempting thoughts. Verse number two and three. When you say discussing, meaning entertained, harbor, and discuss. Eve exposed herself to temptation, and Eve discussed the tempting thought. It says, verses two and three, it says, the woman answered the snake. We may eat fruit from the trees in the garden, but God told you, but God told you, you must not eat fruit from the tree in the, in the middle of the garden. You must not even touch it or you will die, Eve said. Brother and sister in Christ, as we move about in the sinful world, whether you're sitting, walking, standing, riding, we cannot always keep from being tempted. Temptation is everywhere, but we can always flee the temptation. We cannot always keep the appealing things from crossing our eyes but we can keep from looking. We cannot help the first look, but we can control the second look, right? But this is not what happened to Eve. Eve did three things. Number one, Eve entertained and discussed the tempting thoughts. It was at this point that Eve began to sin, for she turned away from the great goodness of God. Note that she omits the word every or all from every tree. She simply says, we may eat the fruit of the trees. That's it. She omitted the word every and all, meaning God's glorious goodness in giving all the trees to her is being dim in her mind. Her thoughts have slipped from God's goodness. She's no longer focused upon God, all that God has done for her. She turned her thoughts away from God and his goodness and is now discussing the tempting thoughts. Sin actually begins when tempting thoughts are harbored and thought about. It is then that God and his goodness are being rejected, ignored, and pushed aside. Not only Eve entertained, but also Eve began to feel that God's command was too strict and restrictive. Eve said, neither shall you touch it, God never said this. God simply said, you shall not eat of it. Eve was not completely trusting God at this point. She was thinking that how restrictive God's word was, doubting God's goodness, that God had not provided every or the very best for her. And Eve was right in the mead of sinning, sinning by questioning and doubting God's word. And third, Eve began to think about the consequence of sin. And you will see there, it's very obvious, Eve lightened the consequence when she said, lest you die. And this is not what God had said. He had said that man would surely die. You know what? The more we get closer to God, the more we keep ourselves away from sin, from danger. But the more we are away from God, the prone we are to sin. Discussing the tempting thoughts would lead to the third stage, and that is 
doubting God's word. Verse number four, it says, But the snake said to the woman, You will not die. Are you, and we could see here, Satan trusts the lie into her mind. If doubt that the consequences would ever happen to her. And Eve was probably thinking, and maybe some of you thinking the same way with Eve. Number one, the warning was given to Adam, not to me, right? Or it's given to my husband, not to me, or, right? God would not condemn me and leave Adam alone. And this one sounds very familiar to us. God is so good. God is love. He will forgive me. I'll just taste the fruit this time, then ask God for forgiveness, right? It sounds like young people. And fourth, God surely would not condemn me for doing it just one time. Or fifth, I make it up to God, I could go ahead and do it, then serve God as never before. But Eve was wrong. Adam and Eve were condemned to die, and they died. Satan lied to Eve. I want you to remember this. God's warning about sin and its consequences stand. There is no escape from the judgment upon sin. That is why Jesus died on the cross. Because somebody should pay the penalty of sin. Have you ever think about God is all power, right? God loves you. God is all powerful. He could save us without sending Jesus Christ to the cross. But you have to remember God is holy. God hates sin. And sin demands punishment. And somebody should pay the penalty of sin. That's why Jesus died on the cross. Remember the sowing and reaping principle? It's very simple, but it would help us to make a good decision in life. Number one, you reap of the same kind. If you plant tomato, you will harvest tomato, right? If you plant sin, you will harvest judgment. But if you plant obedience, you will reap blessing. Simple as that. Nobody plants tomato and harvests orange, right? If you reap of the same kind, but number two, you reap more than you sow. That single seed will grow and bear fruits and produce more seeds. Meaning, when you sin, not only you will suffer, but also people around you. It could be your wife, it could be your kids, your loved ones, your family, people around you. Remember the, the sin of Adam? It says, Romans 5.19 says, For us by the disobedience of one man, many were made sinners. Not only you reap of the same kind, but also you reap of more than you sow. It's not only you will suffer, your kids, your partner, people around you. Think about that. And third, you reap in due season. Maybe not now. Maybe not now, but you have to remember it will definitely come. Harvest season will come. No one could escape in the eyes of God. God is all-knowing. God is everywhere. God is watching us. And second, the declaration of God's word and God's son is clear. The choice is ours. The choice is ours. You always have a choice what kind of seed you're going to plant in your life. Jesus said, I said therefore unto you that you shall die in your sins. 
For if you believe not that I am he, you shall die in your sins. And Romans 6.20 says, For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Maybe you are here this morning, you haven't accepted Christ as your Lord and Savior yet. The choice is yours. You want to receive the gift of eternal life? Accept the Lord Jesus Christ as your Savior today. Not tomorrow, today. The choice is yours. Doubting God in His Word will lead to the fourth stage, and that is personal fulfillment. When we allow our minds to get this far, it's difficult to turn back from sin. Verse number five, Satan said, God knows what, that if you eat the fruit from that tree, you will learn good and evil, and you will be like God. Four thoughts that we need to keep our, our minds away. It says, number one, thought that the temptation will meet our needs more than what God has given us. This is what exactly Satan said to Eve. God knows that when you eat of this tree, your needs are going to be met far more than if you don't eat of it. Of course, Satan lied to Eve. In our present time, the same tactics Satan is using to deceive the entire humanity. Satan used fame, wealth, power to manipulate the mind of the people. You want fame, wealth, power? Do what I say. But we could see there, Satan lied to Eve. And second, thought that we will never know if we don't experience it. And this is what Satan said to Eve, if you eat of the tree, do this thing and you will know more about it, how good it feels and tastes. I agree that experience is a good teacher, but you don't have to experience everything just to know whether they are good or bad, right? Do you know that addiction in any kind starts with just try it once, right? That is why God gave us the Bible. God gave us his word. It contains stories of the people who committed mistakes and the effect of their actions. God is giving us warning through his word. You don't need to undergo the same situation just to know it's bad or not. God is giving us a warning. Third, thought of position, power, strength, self-sufficiency, independence. What Satan promised to Eve, it says, you shall be as gods. If you do this thing, you will be your own person, independent. You will gain position and power. You don't need God anymore. Again, Satan lied to Eve. Why? Because the entire creation was designed to depend upon God as our creator. We need God to live each day. The book of James reminds us about boasting about tomorrow. It says there, James chapter 4, verse 13 down to 15, it says, now listen, you who say, today or tomorrow we will go to this or that city. We will spend a year there, carry on business, and make money. And James said, you do not even know what will happen tomorrow. What is your life? You are a mist or a vapor that appears for a little while and then vanishes. Instead, you ought to say, it is the Lord's will. We will live and do this or that. Colossians 1.16, it says, 
all things were made through Christ and for Christ. Verse 17 says, all things continue because of him. Without God, we are nothing. We are nothing. We need God to live each day. John 15, 5, it says, without him, we are nothing. All things continue because of him. Fourth, thought that we can know good and evil. This is the, you know, if you're dealing with kids, you know, they think that they are smart enough to, you know. But it says here, but we can determine what is good and evil for ourselves. Satan said to Eve that she could determine what, what she should and she should not do herself. That she could discern good and evil apart from God's word. You know what? This is what's happening in the world right now. People do whatever seems right in their own eyes, right? Somebody told me this. I'm a male today, and I'm going to be female tomorrow. People do whatever seems right in their own eyes. But you have to remember this as God's people. Our purpose and meaning of existence depends upon God. At the moment we lose God, we lose our meaning and our purpose in life. Jeremiah 29, 11 says, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you hope in the future. We are finite, and God is infinite. We are not perfect. God is perfect. Therefore, only God knows what is best for you. Right? Only God knows what is best for us. And fifth, looking, desiring, and lasting. The woman saw that the tree was beautiful, verse number six, that its fruit was good to eat and its wood make her wise. Three things that shows Eve lasted or had strong desire after the forbidden tree. Number one, Eve, Eve's eyes lasted after the tree. The tree was beautiful, it says there. Eve saw that the tree was pleasant, pleasing, attractive. Forbidden fruit appealed to her. A lustful craving, a hungering, unstoppable urge to reach out and take the forbidden fruit. Brother and sister in Christ, Satan will use what is attractive to us, what is attractive to you. He will use the right bait to entice us. Somebody told me this to those who love fishing. You need to be in the right place with the right bait for a specific fish. Satan will use what is attractive to you, and Satan is good at it. So be aware. Number two, if Eve's flesh lusted after the tree, it says there was good for food. She saw that the tree was beautiful and good for food. She gave the temper an open door, a wide open chance to tempt her. If your relationship with God if there is a gap between, Satan will squeeze in. You have to remember that. Don't give the temper an open door, a chance to tempt you. It will ruin your life. Number three, if last after the pride of life, it says there it would make her wise. She saw that the tree was desirable for gaining knowledge, experience, and wisdom. It wanted to determine what is good for her and what is bad. If wanted knowledge, experience, wisdom, authority, power, all apart from God. 
which was lusting after the pride of life. As God's people, we must not live as though we don't need God. We need God each day. As I've said, without Him, we are nothing. And last, committing the sin. It says there, so she took some of its fruit and ate it. She also gave some of the fruit to her husband who was with her, and he hated it. Sin had already taken place in Eve's heart. Now, Eve had already sinned inwardly within her thoughts. Now she was to sin outwardly. Eve reached up and took the forbidden fruit and ate it. Eve disobeyed God's word, rebelled against God's word, ignored God's word, reject God's word, act against God's word, opposed God's word, and took a stand against God's word. Brother and sister in Christ, Temptation has to be defeated when it's first tried. As I've said, in every stage, we have a choice to say no and to stop it. We cannot blame Satan. We cannot blame anybody. Like Adam and Eve, Adam blamed Eve, and Eve blamed the serpent. And the serpent looked around, and nobody's there. So allow me to close with this article about Mount St. Helens. It's about the final eruption of Mount St. Helens in May of 1980. The eruption of Mount St. Helens in May of 1980 was not a sudden event. For two months prior to the massive blast, the most deadly and destructive in American history, earthquakes and volcanic activity signal a major event underway. Authorities had plenty of time to sound the alarm while those living nearby of the looming war danger Yet despite the seriousness of the threat, some people chose to disregard the warnings. Probably the best known of those who refused to evacuate was Harry Troma. The 83-year-old man was the owner and caretaker at Mount St. Helens Lodge at Spirit Lake. He had survived the sinking of his troop ship by a German submarine off the coast of Everland during World War I. And he was not about to leave just because scientists thought there was danger. Truman told the reporters, I don't have any idea whether it will blow, but I don't believe it to the point that I'm going to pack up. On May 18, 1980, Truman and his lodge were buried beneath 150 feet of modern debris from volcanic eruption. His body was never found. Brother and sister in Christ, it is foolish to recognize danger or temptation in sin and think that we will somehow be exempt from the consequences if we linger. If we believe the Bible's warning concerning temptation in sin, we will surely flee. We will surely flee. First Corinthians 10, 13, it is a good verse to remind ourselves if we face temptation in sin. It says, no temptation has overtaken you except what is common to mankind, and God is faithful. He will not let you to be tempted beyond what you can bear. But when you are tempted, he will also provide a way out so that you can endure it. Brother and sister in Christ, God is faithful God knows our limitation, and God will provide a way out when we face temptation and sin in life. Just always look 
for a door to escape. God is faithful. God is faithful. God knows your limitation. Maybe what is attractive to me is not attractive to you, but you have to remember God is faithful. God is faithful. Shall we pray? Father, we thank you, Lord, for your mercy and grace. Thank you for dying on the cross of Calvary that we might enjoy the freedom from the penalty and the power of sin by your words and by your power and by the, by the power of the Holy Spirit that is in us, we will be able to conquer temptation and sin in our lives. Brother and sister in Christ, don't let temptation and sin you ruin your life. In Christ's name we pray, amen. Amen. Thank you, Jasper. Jasper, I want you to come stand up here as we uh, sing our invitation hymn. If anybody uh, would like to accept Christ as their Savior, recommit your life to Christ to join the church, whatever your decision might be today, we invite you to do that as we sing this song, Jesus Paid It All. Let's stand together. Child of weakness, watch and pray. Find in me thine all in all. Jesus paid it all, all to him I owe. Sin had left a crimson stain, he washed it white as snow. I'd like you to uh, please be seated. Um, we're going to uh, sing our closing song in just a minute, but I want to um, say, uh, where, where did, uh, there he is, Noah's here. I don't know if you guys knew Noah's here from back east, surprised Larry as he walked in the door this morning. Uh, we've had several visitors uh, and some first-time visitors. I'd encourage you to meet any of those this morning that you can. And uh, just thank Jasper again. Where'd he go, Jasper? Thank you. You did a great job, brother. Obviously, God has gifted him to preach and teach. Amen. So glad to have you, brother. Remember to pray for Pastor Lynn and Kathy as they're on their vacation. Uh, please remember to pray for the worship team. Remember John, our guitar player and main uh, adult Bible study teacher, is going to be leaving at the end of this uh, next month, in about a month. So they're going to, I think, Virginia. So please pray for them, you know, moving in the military. And so uh, that's that's he's been a great blessing to us. And please pray for the instrumentalists that God may give us to replace John and any others that we might need because uh, instruments are so important. Thank you, Lucy, so much for praying and playing and singing with us. You know, she got a mic, and that's why it sounded so good today. Um,
Please remember to pray for the Pastor Search Committee as we're continuing to meet and pray and seek the uh, person that God has for us to lead in this church. So there's a, an announcement in your bulletin with some scriptures to encourage you. So, um, all right. As we're about to go, let's stand together and sing, How Majestic Is Your Name?